This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, Episode 12. What's up, podcast listeners? I am so happy that you've come back for another round of the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Woohoo! Um, I'm really excited about today's guest, Andy Smithson from True Parenting. You might remember him from my very first podcast, because I'm sure you've listened to all of the podcasts, right? So Andy came on, we talked about emotional triggers, and now we get to talk about yelling. Who isn't a yeller? Um, If you're going to tell me that you don't ever yell at your kids, I'm going to call you a liar. Well, I'm not really going to call you a liar because that would be super rude and presumptuous of me, but I am going to say that even the best of us have moments where we find ourselves yelling at our children and then we feel pretty crappy about it. So I'm really excited because Andy has a new offer for his people, for all people, to um, play around with the idea of taking a no yelling challenge, 21 days, no yelling challenge. And so I thought, hey, I'm going to have Andy on the show so we can talk about this and get down to business around why we yell, what it's like for our kids, and maybe some steps, some tips to help us not be yellers because I know I'm not the only one out there. Funny thing happens during the podcast at the very end. I get a visitor because school has not started. Um, So there's some action at the end that (laughs) entices my inner yeller, although I get to manage myself. Don't worry. I don't do any yelling actually on the podcast, but I am excited. I'm excited for this show. Andy is a um, family therapist. He has a great website called trueparenting.com. Net. He writes loads of blog posts about being a kinder, more connected, self-regulated parent. He's super zen. Not just his voice, but actually his offers are available to help parents find their inner zen, their inner center, their inner calm. I'm super excited that Andy has agreed to come on the show yet again. So without further ado, let's talk to him. Yay! Welcome back to the show, Andy. I am so glad that you are here. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. It is good to have you back. And I was telling you earlier that I just listened to episode one with you and me talking about emotional triggers. And I'm going to work really hard in this interview not to breathe heavy in my mic. All right. (laughs) Because I noticed that in that first episode. So, But today we're going to talk about yelling. And I am so excited that we're going to talk about yelling because this always comes up for myself, my friends, the parents that I work with, 
we get to that point, and this is what I hear a lot of. Well, I ask them to do something nice once or twice and tell, and that nobody does anything, and then I have to yell, and then everybody seems to move. So how can I not yell? So what is the deal with yelling? Why do we do it? Why does it always have to come to that? What are you finding in your work with parents around yelling? Well, you know, I think that it really is all about survival mode. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a few different things that we we kind of jump into. Um, a few different categories, I think, that it often falls under. And uh, maybe the it just happens, the automatic sort of, just like you were just saying with the triggers, there's things that just pop up and before you know it, we're, we're yelling. Um, I, I think the second is, I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. I think that comes up a lot of times. I think parenting throws a lot of new things at us. You know, every single stage, every new development, all of those sorts of things, we're, we're always searching for what's going to work today. Um, you know, our kids are always changing. And then I think the last thing is nothing else works. Like you just said, um, it seems like sometimes like nothing else works. If we don't raise our voice, then they're not going to respond. But I think a little bit later on, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that and, and why I don't think that that is, is really the most effective way to, to, well, to even view it. To, to understand that what we think is working is often not really working. Mm. Yeah, that short-term versus long-term mentality, perhaps. Right, that, you <laughs> we'll know, parenting for the long game, for sure. Yeah, and what's the experience like? I mean, I, I often, when I'm talking to parents, I try gently to invite them into their children's shoes and um, what do you think the experiences that the kids are having, especially in that typical scenario where perhaps they're busy with something else and they get asked to do something a few times and then the grown up in their life is actually yelling at them? What do you think's happening for that child? You know, um, there's a, a Facebook meme that has kind of been passed around of this, this uh, mother standing over the top the the image is looking up at the parent with mom wielding or pointer finger like a weapon you know and and i think that it really is an awesome image for us to understand the perspective from a little one's you know point of view to see that that feeling of powerlessness that that may come with that um when we start to raise our voice or when we stand over the top of them and, and start demanding and, and uh, going into our rants and those sorts of things that <clears throat> it can really be just overwhelming to a child. I think um, even when I was in, in school for my uh, social work degree, we actually in a class, we had someone get up on a chair and practice this. We, we said different things to each other. I know it sounds silly, um, but we actually have this experience of having someone stand over the top of us and talk down to us. Um, and, and there really is something biologically, physically that happens in us that kind of sparks that feeling of powerlessness. And, and when that happens, I think we tend to want to grab control. We want to, uh, and, and kids are the same way. I don't think that they're really that much different than how we, we feel when someone yells at us. They just maybe even have a, a feeling of even less power than, than maybe we do at work with a coworker or with a spouse or someone else that, that raises their voice with us. Yeah, I think that's really important, right? I mean, we I don't treat anyone the way that I treat my kids when I'm angry or full of emotion, you know, and I think that because they're small, we have this idea that, you know, sometimes dignity and respect go out the window. And I think it's easy to do that. Yeah, it's really easy to do that. And we actually have an activity called Competent Giant, which is exactly what you described. 
And it is very powerful to stand in the first to we have people get up on chairs and partners, one's on the chair, one's on the floor. And to have that experience of being of that top down approach. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, power and control, the difference between an adult in a work environment and a child in a home is that you'd hope that the adult in the work environment can tap into their lifetime of experience and right. practice and handle that in a way that looks relatively cooperative rather, you know, but then to expect a seven-year-old or a three-year-old or even like a 16-year-old to have a pool of experiences and skills and tools to tap into to handle that, that, um, that power game with the adult appropriately, you know, it's either I'm going to I'm going to get big and meet you and with my own power, which can look like rebellion, defiance. Right. Or I'm going to submit and obey out of fear. Right. Which, you know, talking about the long game, I mean, our six, seven, our young kids, we want them to be able to stand in their power, especially as they move into adolescent and teen years. And it's you know, they could run into experiences that require them to know what it feels like to stand in their power rather than to submit. I mean, I can think of a million scenarios where I'm really hopeful that my kids aren't just going to do what someone tells them to do because they're telling them to do it and might be holding a little bit more power. Yeah. You know, we think about that, how, how I feel when somebody's yelling at me, if you just think back about the last time you experienced something like that and how you felt, and then multiply that by 10 because Mm -hmm. our kids just, they don't even have the brain structures, Mm -hmm. you know, developed yet enough to be able to regulate the emotions and the subsequent actions that come, you know, as a result. And so I think just, you know, taking that, our personal experience, I think is the, the greatest, uh, the greatest thing we have for, for really truly empathizing and understanding what, what it is they're going through. Yeah. But, you know, and I know that I've worked with parents who just don't really see it as being harmful. Mm-hmm. that yelling, you know, that that's just kind of part of the gig. Um, what do you think, what do you know about what happens for kids, um, you know, carrying on this conversation about their experience? Like, is it harmful? How is it harmful? What is it, what shows up for kids when they're raised in a home where there's a lot of yelling? Well, so there's two things in regards to this, this uh, question of whether it's harmful or not. First of all, I would 100% say, yes, it is. And I've got a pile of research, individual case studies and personal anecdotes that that would say that indeed it is harmful. Um, but even if we were to, just for a second, entertain the idea that maybe it's not immediately harmful, maybe it's not going to ruin our child. Even if we were to entertain that for a second, just think about wouldn't we like to do something different? Wouldn't it be better just to, uh, wouldn't parenting and our home life and everything just be more enjoyable for us and for our children if we decided that that wasn't just part of the gig, that we decided that we could do something else and we we understood that there were other things that maybe were more more effective that were... Um, you know, much more uh, helpful, both in the short run and in the long run. Are you suggesting that parenting might be more fun if we weren't <laughs> angry all the time, Andy? <laughs> I, you know, parenting is awesome when we're not so angry. Yeah. I mean, think about, I, I just uh, asked a question on Facebook the other day. I asked about what, what's one of the things that you just feel like if this one thing was different in my parenting that everything would be much better. And then I've asked a follow-up question of what's the one thing about parenting that inevitably makes you smile. And most often I heard things like smiles, giggles, and you know, the, the kind of greeting that our, our kids give us when we walk through the door or those sorts of things. And just, Think about the moments that we have with our kids that are just so much fun. 
I mean, I, I used to big, be a big thrill seeker. I love to snow ski and water ski and, and do all these kind of more extreme sports. But I found that as I had kids, I would go up to the ski mountain and I had just as much of a thrill watching my six-year-old son ski down the hill mm. as I did myself skiing down that hill. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP?, it offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. And it, it's just an amazing thing to realize how fun parenting really can be when we're not in that in that state. Yeah. Well, and I'm what's coming up for me is humor, humor and lightness, mm-hmm. right? Like recognizing when that because I feel like it's a body sensation that heavy. Here we are again. They don't want to pick up the flipping Legos that are all over the floor, <laughs> right? And like, I'm, you know, and that's just- Most feel, things hurt. <laughs> they are, for real, they hurt. And they just keep seeming to multiply at our house. Um, but like how that, how heavy that gets and like at the, it's like the dark cloud, you know, begins to invade the space. And so when I think about like giggles and joys and lightness and playfulness, I mean, that's ultimately what little kids want anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what an invitation, what a different invitation that is. So what do you think when you, so when you talk to parents about this, you know, it's all good to know that, Hey, lightness and playfulness and um, smiles and giggles is what we want. Um, I think that, it's interesting too. We often blame the child, right? Well, if they just cooperate, we'd have more lightness and giggles and smiles. Right. What about 
yeah, so speak into that. Well, I mean, I'm just wondering about tools. So what are the tools for parents to use then to to be the ones, the leaders that are holding that lightness in the space, even when our kids are being uncooperative? Okay. So, so really quick, I want to go back to something that you said, that, that aspect of blame on the kids, um, just because recently, again, I like to go on Facebook and ask questions about what, what's going on for parents and, and what they need the most help with. And when I started putting together the Stop Yelling in 21 Days coaching course, I asked the question, what do you feel like causes parents to yell most often? What, what is the most common thing? And there were actually, there were literally hundreds of people that responded to that question. Mm. And the, the top answers were not answers of blame, which I was kind of surprised because I thought it would be things like they didn't listen, they're not complying with what I asked them to do and those sorts of things. But parents are actually very, very insightful with the fact that the very top answer was just stress and overwhelm. Mm. It was just this massive feeling of, of overwhelm in parents' lives. And they recognized that it wasn't necessarily, I just got done writing a, a post that's going to um, go up on another uh, website the other day. And I talked about this aspect of, of uh, the straw that breaks the camel's back. You know, it's mm -hmm. usually when the kids respond by uh, not doing what we've asked or whatever, it's the last straw. It's the thing that that maybe pushes us over, but the underlying things of the stress and the overwhelm are are really the the culprit um, in in causing that that anger and the yelling to happen. And, and so I think that it's really important for us to honestly speak that out to recognize it formally in our minds and to someone else and say, I understand that it's not Joey's fault. You know, I understand that um, this is what's going on and I need to figure out some tools. I need to figure out, I need to make some plans. I need to find some things to help me to to get rid of some of that stress and overwhelm, to manage it better, or to to increase our our threshold or our you know our ability to to tolerate that stress a little bit better. So um, I think that that's an important aspect initially is just to understand that. I think a lot of parents do. I think we just don't um, we don't take the time to sit with it and then make some plans from there. So yesterday, um, I have an example of this. Yesterday was the back to school bash at the um, middle school. Mm -hmm. And my daughter's a seventh grader. And I knew on paper what we needed to do. There were some fees we needed to pay. She needed to get her picture taken for her ASB card. And then we were out. And then I had mm -hmm. to go to the elementary school for back to school night. My son had a haircut and I figured somewhere in there I could go grocery shopping so that I could make dinner later. And we got to the middle school, which it seemed like every family <clears throat> showed up at the same time. So we were in the gym and the people I was talking with, the lines for the pictures, people were waiting for up to an hour to get to the front of the line. Wow. And it was so fascinating how quickly I wanted to blame my daughter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, gosh, you know, it's your school. I'm thinking <laughs> in my mind, like, this is your back to school bash. And now there's no time for dinner. There's no time, you know, and, and I was so I was grateful for my own awareness. It didn't necessarily change how I felt, but it kept me in check on how I behaved with her because like everything in my body, I kind of wanted to be mean to her. I kind of wanted to just, this is your fault that mm -hmm. my whole afternoon, when ultimately it's my fault, right? Because I didn't, you know, the amount of things I had planned for a three hour window was 
it, it was not possible. Uh-huh. And that's what was really showing up. So I'm really hearing you as far as like stress and overwhelm and too many things on the plate and, and expectations that are inappropriate for mm-hmm. us. And then finding ourselves in the moment with our kids and, you know, the easiest thing to do is, you know, blame someone else. Right. Right. But grateful for my practice of noticing when I'm in blame mode and taking a good solid look at whether or not I need to be blaming somebody else for what was happening in that moment. So I was able to regulate and not be too terribly grumpy. But yeah, I think that um, I'm glad that you shared that about your your post and that coming up because I think that's so big. And I was I was just talking to somebody about this. Um, I think as parents, um, and I can speak into being a mom, right? So the mm-hmm. mother job around, you know, I'm the mom. I'm I have work from home. I fold the laundry. I buy the groceries, and I keep all of these things as separate tasks, individual from each other. And I had a coach recently point out to me, you know, when you take the time to fold the laundry, and you know, just are in that moment, you're actually feeding the businesswoman inside of you because then the businesswoman isn't doing her work thinking about all the other activities that also need to happen through the day. So she really helped me to recognize that it's not necessarily that I have a bunch of things to do. It's that I'm compartmentalizing these roles Mm -hmm. that really in the action of fulfilling those roles, I'm supporting all the others. Right. Um, and so that was helpful for me. It still doesn't make it that exciting to fold laundry, but it feels less like, oh, there's a million other things I should be doing right now. No, right now I, I'm going to feel great when this basket of laundry is folded and I'm going to feel that much better when I sit down and write my blog post because I'm going to know that that stuff is done. Right. So um, what are some other What are some other tools that you talk about if we're going to talk about stress and overwhelm, right? Okay. So, so, you know, I I think first of all, one thing that is really important is just to learn to say no, Mm. you know, um, and I know that that is, that seems really generic, but, um, you know, it's, uh, to, to really learn what boundaries are and to, to be able to express those boundaries to other people and and to just not take too much on and that's not i guess as much of a as much of a technique or a tool as as it is just a mindset and i i do think there's a great book um i love the book boundaries by dr henry cloud um he does a great job of of teaching people what healthy boundaries really look like um and Last time I was on the podcast, I talked a little bit about the the quick calm technique, mm-hmm. and this is one that that I've found in my personal counseling practice to be one of the most effective things that people can do to lower their to literally cut their stress or their overwhelm in half just in a few minutes, mm-hmm. um, and it's just utilizing a few simple little body techniques, um, kind of in an order. And I'll just, um, for the sake of time, if, if you want to just link up in the show notes to that and yeah. people can get the, the, um, <clears throat> the full technique of the quick calm technique. I think that, um, my wife and I actually just had a, a really awesome experience with it too, teaching it to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we did it and we have a weekly family night and we did it in our family night and i did it just by i stood up in front of my kids and i had them stand up and i just said okay we're going to have a little competition and i said okay i'm going to breathe in as big as i can and then we're going to breathe out for as long as we can and see if anybody can beat dad for how long they can breathe out and we just took 3 or 5 breaths like that And then I moved on. I said, okay, now we're going to tighten up all of our muscles and make them as tight as we can. And I've got, I've got a nine, a seven, a five and a three-year-old and, and then a little baby. And so they were all, you know, they were loving this little exercise that we did. Mm. And then we would relax 
And then we, and so they didn't really know what we were doing. I wasn't teaching them a technique. We were just kind of playing a game with these different um, things that we can do. And, and then I um, followed up with, I told a little joke and, and told them to smile and we all smiled and we had a great little laugh together. Um, and then I just asked them how they felt and, and they all talked about, well, oh, it feels, you know, I feel really good. And I like being happy and laughing and, and just kind of uh, were able to communicate some of those things of how their, their mood improved and, and things like that. And, and then I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to practice this, this next week. Whenever your brother starts ticking you off or, or you know, uh, my, my youngest of these three uh, boys in the middle he he has quite a, a temper on him, and when his brothers take things from him and things like that, it can get pretty out of hand. And so we just said we're just going to have this this buzzword. It's just going to be quick calm. We're just going to say quick calm whenever it's getting out of hand, and we immediately stop and do these three things. And I it has been amazing. The boys have just done an incredible job with it. Um, with implementing those things. And, and it's incredible how if you can get them to just utilize that, that couple minutes uh, or, you know, just a few moments, really, um, how much more reasoning there is that happens. And not only that, but when you teach your kids, then you expect yourself to do it as well. And it gives you that moment to think before you just lash out as well. So, so that's been a really effective tool um, for the parents that I've worked with and for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. I love that, right? Self-regulation is a learned skill. Mm-hmm. And you're giving your kids the opportunity to practice from a very young age. I think that's so great. I think that's so great. And when I teach positive discipline – you know, some of, well, and actually what's coming to mind is Dan Siegel's work and um, yeah. his whole brain child and how we help our kids and teach our kids how to move from that really emotional state into the more logical brain mm-hmm. and coupling that physical, you know, breath in, breath out, changing the expression. Like that's really the work that they need to do to come from. That crazy emotion, whether it's, you know, a sadness, embarrassment, mad, whatever, that overwhelm. There's a great visual in uh, Dan's book of a little girl sitting with an angry expression on her face and there's a big wave behind her and it kind of is a great capture of, you know, the wave of emotion that hits our kids. And when they're young, it's big, right? right? It's yeah. big and it can pull them out to sea and so – Giving them that tool is so powerful. And, and and for us too, and I love to tell my kids, you know, this is what I'm practicing and, and will mm-hmm. you remind me <laughs> when I'm not practicing, which also requires me in that moment when they're like, wow, mom, your, your lids flipped or, <laughs> you know, they're calling me out. I have to also be graceful in that moment and say, uh-huh. thank you. I'm going to, you know, do what I need to do to calm down <laughs> rather than like, don't tell me that, you know. Right. Um, and so in positive discipline, we talk about one of the pillars is kindness and firmness at the same time, connection mm-hmm. and firmness at the same time. And what I notice for myself and for others is that that's really hard to live. I don't think that we have, as a generation of parents um, had great models for that. Um, and... I'll say to parents, you know, firm firm isn't the same as mean. And sometimes when we think about firmness, it is that finger pointing and the stern, like I'm furrowing my eyebrows right now and it's the, the low, firm voice. And, and so we're kind of at a loss as to how to be firm, how to hold boundaries while also staying connected, especially when our kids are continuing to challenge us through – you know, what we perceive as them ignoring us or like the passive aggressive, really slow movement or, you know, however it shows up in the home, 
you know, standing in that firmness while also staying connected and kind. What are your thoughts around that? What are your tips? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, um, one of the, the things I, I definitely believe that kindness and firmness are not mutually exclusive. Um, and, you know, this has been a little bit more of my personal struggle because I, I feel like um, I actually did a lot of my really hard work with yelling uh, a little bit earlier in my life because I was a huge yeller when I was younger and had some really big struggles with my own mother because of my yelling and, and the kinds of uh, fights we would get in. And, and so I, at a younger age, I, I really got in and did some of the hard work on that. And, and so I'm really not much of a yeller anymore. everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. With my own kids but I do get a tone mm-hmm. with my kids. And that's the thing that, that um, often my wife will bring to my attention and say, honey, you're, you're getting that, that tone, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and there is, um, I can also uh, kind of fall into a, a sarcastic air mm-hmm. um, at times. And I think that that's more of the, the, what I struggle with in this area but I, I think that um, there's a really great uh, book called Super Better. I don't know if you've heard of Jane McGonigal. Um, Is but... that the same as Professor McGonigal? No, that's different. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But yeah, she, she's written um, this excellent book about, about gaming, actually. But it's about using gaming in our, our, uh, our lives. Um, to help us improve and things like that. And it's not just not just video games, but board games and, and creating games in life. And she talks about having this gameful sort of mentality mm-hmm. um, and about when we, uh, when we go into playing a game, we, we expect challenges. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't play the game if there wasn't a challenge. It's boring if there aren't challenges and and roadblocks and those sorts of things. But we can take on a sort of gameful mindset of of noticing the challenges in our life and then creating these uh, so that it is. It's more of a challenge rather than it is, um, you know, a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it's not a problem as much as it is just a challenge to overcome. There's um, in games, there's 
power-ups and there's the other things that you use in order to get there and identifying what some of those power-ups are for you and and those sorts of things um and she she gave this really uh this really cool thing about um some of the research on dopamine production in the brain and happiness and it was she talked about one of the most powerful things they've found to actually increase the dopamine uh, production in our brain, which is like our ha happy chemical um, in our brain, is to have goals and then to anticipate success. And it actually changes our brain chemistry to have goals and anticipate success. And so one of the things that I've incorporated in my day that's really helped with um, keeping my focus and, and not falling into that sarcasm or that rough tone of voice or being, you know, more mean and staying kind is, is to identify every morning, I, I identify three things that would make that day great. Um, and, and I write those things down in a, a journal or a notebook um, and I carry with, I carry it with me everywhere I go now. Um, and I review it regularly throughout the day. Um, and sometimes those, those little, uh, things that would make my day great are just something as simple as I want to go jump on the tramp with my boys today. Sometimes it's a, it's an actual business goal or, or something like that. But, mm -hmm. but a lot of times, um, one day last week, it was on a Saturday, I had had some really tough um, days at the office. Had it, My week had just been really overwhelming. And over all three lines that I had, I put play with family. Mm. <laughs> and that would make my day great. Mm -hmm. and, and then I went about, I knew that I could be successful at that goal. And so both the anticipatory part of it and fulfilling that thing that we've written down actually changes our brain chemistry and helps us to be more successful in reaching goals in the future and being more mindful in in uh in dropping you know and having that kindness even when things aren't going the way we would like them to and that goal setting would be things that you have control over, right? Like everybody listening to me the first time would make my day great. However, right, <laughs> that exactly. requires me to put all my trust and faith in someone else. So it's something that we have control over. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Do you have a little like pocket? I picture you with your little pocket um, notebook. It's small. Fits in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I actually... <laughs> I carry a like a little briefcase with my computer almost everywhere I go with me. Oh. And so I have my notebook is is probably about a I don't know it's like a 7 by 5 or so. Um and it just has has uh places for I I identify things that I'm grateful for in the morning mm -hmm. and then these three things that if I do these things today it will be a great day. What um, a great practice. And then, that evening I go back and review them and, and identify the great things that happened that day um, and, and those sorts of things. So, so it, it's really been amazing for um, productivity. It's mm -hmm. also been really great just for feeling really a lot of achievement, feeling a lot of um, satisfaction with my days at the end of the day, as well as really at the beginning of the day, you have that anticipation for, for those little things. And it's really been an awesome practice that I've started to do. Andy, I am going to, I'm going to do that practice. I'm excited. It's great. Yes. Thank you for inspiring that for sure. Tell us about your e-course because we're coming to the end of our time and uh, you've got an e-course offer that's really exciting. Tell us okay, about it. Okay. So, um, the the e-course is called the Stop Yelling in 21 Days coaching course. Um, and it, it kind of grew out of, I had a, a blog post in with the same title um, that was, it has three basic steps and it goes week by week um, through these three steps of 
of how I've interacted with parents in my counseling practice and in my coaching that has been really effective in helping them to finally kick this habit of yelling. And not just that, but it has dramatically decreased um, stress and anxiety and, and the overwhelm that parents experience. And so um, it's kind of broken into the first week we focus solely on, on practicing and on these tools and just gaining knowledge of some tools and practicing those tools so that we can better understand how to use them throughout the 21 days. Um, and, and then we move into the, the three-week challenge of, of uh, first identifying triggers and then moving into um, applying some of the alternative types of behaviors and, and finding some solutions to some of the parenting issues that we deal with, disciplinary issues and things like that. And then finally, celebrating the, the improvements that happen and recognizing those on a regular basis. Um, and it's broken down into um, some video courses. So each week there's a, a video that uh, teaches the instruction for the week. And then there's also a, uh, a secret Facebook group that everyone will, will join in and ask questions uh, give their inspiration and their successes throughout the weeks um, and all of those sorts of things. We also um, are going to have a weekly Q&A session with myself um, and with all the, the parents enrolled in the course um, where you can ask questions and get answers in real time. And we're going to use Periscope for that, which is kind of just a new fun app. And, and you can do it straight from your, your phone or tablet. Um, and that's, that's kind of a new, a new thing coming around these days. And, uh, so it's, it's just kind of a fun, um, fun way to connect with each other in real time and be able to answer those questions when they come up. That is so exciting. And I have so much faith in you and in this program, Andy, I'm thrilled to be an affiliate, to be supporting your work. So listeners, just know that there is a link in the show notes if you want to find out about the 21-day course. Oh my gosh, can you hear all the action going on on my end of things? Yeah. Because my kids, my kids have not <laughs> started school yet and it's making me crazy. <laughs> Okay, the work from home mom needs the school bus to come back to the neighborhood. So yeah, sorry about the background noise. Um, yeah, so you'll find that link in the show notes. I promise I won't yell at my kids after we're done recording this <laughs> podcast. Okay, I'll find my center. I'll use my toolkit. <laughs> All right. But um, Andy, thank you so much again for coming back on the show. I just in conversation with you. I feel peaceful just being in conversation with you and knowing that you're on the other end of the line. Um, and your all of your offers are so helpful for parents. And I just truly appreciate all that you bring to the world. So listeners, if you want to find more from Andy, um, he's got the True Parenting Facebook page. And True is spelled T-R-U because right. it stands for, what does it stand for? Teach. Teach, relationship, relationship, and upgrade yourself. And upgrade yourself. I love the concept of upgrading yourself because guess what, everyone? Our kids show up as our teachers and they shine the light on all the areas that we have to continue to grow. So thank you, children, right? And you're on Twitter at the Andy Smithson, correct? Correct. Where else are you? Are you anywhere else? Um, right now, uh, we'll we'll be get started with uh, at True Parenting on Periscope pretty soon with the okay. course. Okay. Um, if people want to come over there and and uh, follow me on on Periscope, um, we can uh, get started with some fun Periscopes uh, here in the near future. Are they called periscopes? Or are they called scopes? Scopes. Maybe it's scopes. Oh I get to get with the lingo. I might here. be too old. I might be too old for periscope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get with it. I'm on Instagram now, and that's exciting. But oh my gosh. 
Okay. Well, thank you, Andy. And thank you, listeners, for listening in. Be sure to um, send in your comments at the bottom of the post if you're listening through the website or uh, feel free to rate and review on iTunes. Every time you chime in about the value that you're getting from the podcast, uh, more people become more aware of my work. So yay. Thank you for everyone who has written a review and been willing to Um, rate the show. I'm having a great time here. And check the show notes for all the great books that Andy mentioned and his true, um, his 21 day no yelling coaching challenge. I know I just butchered (laughs) that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I had it written down somewhere. stop, Stop yelling in 21 days coaching course. Stop yelling in 21 days coaching course. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, listeners. Hey, everybody, don't forget that there are loads of offers for parents on the Joyful Courage website. That's joyfulcourage.com. If you go um, under live offers, you will see where I am locally coming up speaking. And um, you can also take a look at the online offers. I've got e-courses that are free. I've got e-courses that support developing family meetings in your home. I've got e-courses that cover the emotional regulation needed to parent. I've got a great e-course called the Center Parenting e-course that highlights a bunch of different positive discipline tools as well as a practice of mindfulness in the parenting practice. And all of those e-courses Come with an upgraded coaching offer as well. If you want to get some one-on-one work going on with me, I would love to work with you. So get online and check out those offers. There's also uh, many other podcast episodes if you haven't listened in. They're all really valuable. I have great guests. I write a blog. There's a truckload of stuff over there for you. So go check it out. Peruse. Get to know me and my work. Also, there is a Facebook community called Live and Love with Joyful Courage. And there are great discussions happening over there. So much love and support for each other on our collective journey of raising kids. Check it out. And as I mentioned, you can find Joyful Courage on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. Although, full disclosure, I'm not really active on Pinterest, but I got a couple things on there. Um, I'm also passively on Twitter. Um, But Facebook is really the place that I hang out. So find me, find me, find me, friend me, and let's, um, let's support each other. All right. Big, humongous love to you. Have a great week. Until next time. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.